can well. start the episode, sir. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm sick of starting episodes. You sick got of it. it. I got this one here. Uh, it's not going to be a bantery thing. It'll kind of lead straight into the episode, but I've had like a weird coincidence deja vu. Maybe not deja vu, but just coincidence kind of week leading up to this episode. So, welcome to the Movie Men podcast. I'm Peter. My co-host is Brady, and um, we're here to talk about First Wives Club, 1996 film. You know the drill if you're a repeat customer. If not, welcome. And uh, this was part of a vote. You told us what to watch. We're marching back in time year by year, and each year we have different films that we put forward to a vote. And uh, First Wives Club was the victor. Scream came incredibly close. And because of our interests and because of it coming so close, we decided to do it as a bonus episode. Eraser and English Patient were both dead upon arrival. Uh, they got some votage, but not not anywhere near close. And um, First Wives Club came out ahead. The thing that was so coincidental was twofold. One was literally on my drive home about 90 minutes ago on the radio I literally heard you don't own me on the radio and I like it's I get it that it's a famous well-known song to a degree but the fact that I heard it on the radio I, I've never heard it on the radio yes mere minutes before we recorded a film or recorded an episode about a film that has it predominant, like predominantly sung throughout I think it's bonkers the other thing, the other thing is coincidentally within the last, so it doesn't matter how long, but within the last few days, I listened back to some clips of our Castaway episode. And I, I say this a lot of the time, but this time I truly mean it. If you haven't listened to it, go back to it. It's a really solid episode. But coincidentally, at the end of that episode that I was listening to, again, mere days ago, I uh, We had a sound clip from a friend of the show, Andrew, and in his What You Watch segment, he talked about watching First Wives Club. And I just, like, it was just these two things that happened so coincidentally leading up to us talking about First Wives Club has me wanting to go out and buy a lottery ticket or do something just because the odds of them happening is just bonkers. Okay, so when you wrapped up talking about what the votes were i mm. was going to say wow when you said this that this wasn't going to be very bantery you were you were a hundred percent no bullshit on that eh? <laughs> but i feel like you brought it around i feel Thank like you. i feel Thank like it you. it you know I, yeah you know me like i had to do like the orders of business first but then once that was out of the way it's like smooth sailing let's go yeah, when we start the show, I'm like, oh, Pete, you know, I had an idea this week, I, you know, blah, blah, blah. When Pete starts the show, it's like, the Movie Men podcast is not responsible for any, like... <laughs> yeah, it's right, honestly. Jeez. Jeez. Oh, but yeah, welcome to the show First Wives Club, and man, I am just getting all kinds of fun out of the things that aligned for this week. Yeah. Man. Um, yeah. Also, Amazing. shout out, shout out 
to our Patreon supporters. So obviously, voting matters. So everyone get out and vote. Even if you're not a patron, your vote actually literally does help influence things. Um, but the Patreon votes were helpful for helping decide Scream and First Wives Club. But also, also, and you didn't even know this till I told you right now. Um, this... And I wasn't listening, so I still don't know. <laughs> this was an example of a film that was put forward by a patron as a voting option, and it won. Oh, who put so this forward? On a, so, again, pulling the curtains back, we do send out um, some messages to our patrons to say, hey, with upcoming votes, not that it always happens, but if there were certain films that you would want to see as a voting option, let's see if it happens. And we do try, I, I try my best to put as many forward as possible. You know, if it's like The Human yeah. Centipede, four, five, and six, I'm like, sorry, I don't Yeah, think sometimes an we're like, hey, there. we're looking for a Christmas movie. Someone <laughs> says, hey, we, you know, I really love Caligula. And we're like, right. ah. yeah. But when, and it, I, I don't only, only pick movies that I'm interested in. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm not interested in this, but it, I'm sure it would be an interesting discussion or people would enjoy this. So I do put things forward. And this was an example of a time where uh, not only was it put forward in a vote, but it won the vote. So uh, I, again, another shout out to Andrew because it was his suggestion to put forward. Man, Andrew is a badass when he it comes is. to this show. <laughs> I, I mean, mean he also is, but probably how just do you in mean? general like in his day-to-day -day life i'm sure he's like <laughs> oh, you know yeah. it's like the bee's knees but um <laughs> something i want to say real quick sure unrelated to the you know just whatever so, yes. a realization i just had sort of, of a course. fun announcement okay this is episode 190 <laughs> there are 10 episodes left in season two of the movie men podcast we do kind of like 100 episodes yeah. at a time you yeah because why not? Because we don't screw around. Um, <laughs> which means, and this might dishearten some people. I know it'll have to dishearten you. Yes. I know I, the answer is yes, and but, I know but, what you're but, talking but I, about. But I don't care. <laughs> we have 10 episodes left until we reach 200, which means we have 10 episodes left with our current theme music that you just heard uh. played. Yeah. Every episode, every every hundred episodes, we we switch it up. We do. Although you know yeah. what? Listen, I really yeah. liked our first one. Yeah. You weren't so hot on it. It was okay. Like I didn't dislike it, but I don't like it as much as the current one. The search for for the current one was kind of grueling. Like it was. It mm -hmm. was. I sent you a lot of things. You did. Yep. Yep. And you're like, you're a bit of a stick in the mud. And then <laughs> we ended up going with one that you really liked, and I. Yep didn't hate sure yep and then this time around i think i only sent you one mm. and i was like i really like this and you're like mm. actually <laughs> i'm okay with this one yeah and so i'm 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 excited i'm excited to yeah just because i'm the one that edits together the show too right For sure. so it's like been a hundred sure. times or 90 times now that mm. i've like imported the same damn file <laughs> Right. Yeah. So it'll be nice to move away from that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, First Wives Club. First Wives Club. Yes. Do you have trivia, sir? I do. Yeah. Now, okay. <laughs> the pressure is on. Okay. Okay. Because last week, Carl asked me three questions. You don't have to oh, ask me three, man. but he asked me three sure. questions. Okay. And I didn't get a single one right. Okay. And he said, 
he proclaimed wow. that he was better at stumping me than you are. I mean, I, mean, I, 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 I don't want to get too shoot deep the messenger. The... I'm just telling you what Carl oh, said. For sure. And I'll shoot Carl any chance that I get. Not actually. I don't promote shooting guns at people. But you know what I mean. Like, I will take shots uh, at him verbally. The paintball season is among us, sir. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, you know what? Some say tomato, some say tomato. I feel like you could argue the point of trivia isn't always just to stump the person, but it's just to start a conversation of, oh, that's interesting, this reminds me of that, or, you know, kind of just having someone kind of think about something. So the you can't just measure trivia just based off right or wrong percentage, but who, challenge who accepted. Do you know, who do you know in your personal every day-to-day <laughs> life that actually says tomato? <laughs> Literally no one. Literally no one. <laughs> Literally no one. So I, I, I'm hearing your <laughs> metaphor, and I'm rejecting it. Sure. Okay. I've got a couple things that I just want to say before I get to the one question. So it's one question. I wish I could have made this into a question, but I just couldn't think of anything fun that wouldn't have been weird. So I'm just going to tell you it, and it has to be said. I'm curious if you noticed this, though. Did you notice the J.K. Simmons cameo? No. Yeah, he played one of the federal marshals when they were, I think they were filming like something at the TV, like the TV store with the one ex-husband. And, right. Or maybe they weren't, I think they were mar- federal marshals. They were some type of authority that took him away. Now I can't remember if they're the ones that took him into like the meat freezer or whatever. But he was, okay. J.K. Simmons played one of the two people in trench coats that came into that store and like took the, the man away. Does so, he have a speaking role? No, not a single that's, line. That's probably why. But I literally looked at it and I was like, that looks like J.K. Simmons. And I looked it up and he, it was him. It was him. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I just want to say, the Oscar statuette that the character Brenda picks up and they're throwing and having an argument about actually is the true Oscar that belongs to Goldie Hawn who won Best Supporting Actress in her role for Cactus Flower. So, I thought that was neat. She's And she actually threw it. I don't know. Okay, well, maybe they didn't. I I would assume they subbed that part out. If I can't remember if she threw it or not, but they, when they were just holding it, at least, it was the real trophy. Wow. Yeah. Okay, now, for the actual question, I'm going to set the stage, because it's not First Wives Club related. It is 1996 in film related, because after this, we're done with 1996. So I have to ask this now. Forever. Forever. <laughs> that great voice, I love it. Uh, so, 1996, Will Smith related. Will Smith related. So, Independence Day was the highest grossing film of 1996, just first first and foremost there. Uh, but Independence Day became the highest grossing film of Will Smith's career up until it was surpassed by what film? And I'll give you some options. Well, it, it won't be Wild Wild West. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, I know you liked it. I don't remember liking it that much. I just have, I think I just have, oh, we just had it on VHS. So I think I'm just nostalgic for it. Of course, of course. Yeah. So I'll give you some options here. So Independence Day, highest grossing for Will Smith until this film of his. So 
Do you think it was not that long? Do you think it was in, when he was in Men in Black that it surpassed Independence Day? Do you think it was a few years later after that that in iRobot it surpassed Independence Day? Do you think it was more modern day when Aladdin 2019 was released that it surpassed Independence Day? Or do you think it was more recently when Bad Boys 3, kind of the hot you know, trilogy completer, the third film that came out in that series, uh, came out to surpass Independence Day? So wh- how long do you think it really took for him to be in a film that bumped Independence Day for highest grossing? It's got to be Aladdin. And, and only because the other three films don't make any sense. Like, you know, they're just not as, like, they're all okay Bad Boys, movies. Bad Boys 3? Yeah. I like, listen, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not starting a podcast next week about how Bad Boys 3 got snubbed at the Oscars and it's BS. I'm just saying the first two are, I'm rubbing my fingers like I'm, you know, insinuating money here. They were money makers, and this was the sure. third one. And I'm just, I'm just putting it yeah. out there. But it's Disney, and it's a live action of a beloved property, and it's Disney, and it's Disney. <laughs> I now I'm going with Aladdin. It's got to cool. be I, Aladdin. I'm locking it in for a million dollars. Okay. Well, uh, ooh, it's been a while. I gotta remember. I think this is the button. Yeah, was it was a Latin. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, it was a Latin. <laughs> You're it like, was. oh, wrong one. Wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. You suck. Uh, no, it was Aladdin, and it wasn't even close. You're right. It, you know, it got a billion over a billion dollars so it was just you know disney live action remake yeah you didn't stand a you chance. tried to talk me out of the right answer you dick hey, i was like listen. i had the, i had the right answer and you were like blame i carl. really think you should give some other thought to <laughs> blame carl i just wanted oh to get God. you stumped listen it's See, so you so so you you abandoned your own morals <laughs> because you're like it's not about stumping people and then you were like it is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm just gonna take the the lowest grungiest <laughs> path here and lie to him and try to try to uh, make him a loser. Jeez. Yeah. That being said, the other films I'm just scrolling through were pretty decent. Like Bad Boys Three had almost half a million or half a billion, like f- high four hundred millions. Bad uh, Boys Three is the only other one that I think was a potential contender. Yeah, Men in Black had almost six hundred million. So like, it's not like they're yeah. like. Poor by any but means, al- yeah, but it's but not it's a also bil- a it's-, com- it's also a comedy that is the first in a series. Sure, and sure. It, yeah, uh, it, yeah. I don't know. And then yeah. iRobot. I don't think iRobot did super well. It didn't do badly, but compared to the others that we're mentioning, yeah, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah, rock. I it. like it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's really interesting. But I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember three, thinking three f- it didn't do super well. Yeah, three fifty million. So I mean. Again, not bad, yeah, uh, but compared to the others, chump change. The, yeah, <laughs> basically. I can't even buy a house for that. Okay, <laughs> that's sad but true. But true. Okay, first impressions. Listen, mm-hmm. I had never. I I didn't know this movie was a thing. Sure, I'd never heard of it. Well, other than when Andrew mentioned it, but beyond that, 
you had no reason to right be aware but, of it like in one ear out the other and and no offense to andrew but i yeah you know I've been in college and so, like a lot of the movies, like, you know, we deal 100%. with it on an episode to episode basis and 100%. then it's kind of in one ear and out the other. It's the same with how I, when I say how I want, what I watched, it's like when you do this every week, you know, people talk about films all the time and yeah, sorry. I, I have, I, I hear there's times, saying. there are times where I'm choosing my submissions for our votes and I mm. have to be like, have we done this movie already? <laughs> and I have to like go back through and, and just that's make sure funny. that we haven't. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. 200 episodes almost. Oh, right? like, that's a lot of movies start, to, yeah, yeah. Things start to bleed and bland 100%. So, so I'd yeah. never heard of this movie. Never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I had no interest in watching it. Okay. I uh, wasn't looking forward to it. Sure. I mean, listen, and I said, yeah, I'm noticing a pattern every time we, to have a podcast episode it started with the rock this happened you don't want to watch any movies first wives club but continue continue brianna and i sat down to watch it sure i think it was around the 10 or 15 minute mark <laughs> that i paused the movie mm-hmm. and i said do you want to watch something else and she was like <laughs> yeah I, this is i don't want to watch <laughs> oh, no. this and so then we shut it off, me knowing yeah. that mm-hmm. I would have to revisit it on my own, on your own. for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so we shut it off. I was like, yep. this is, I yep. don't care. Um, yep. <laughs> there are Diane Keaton movies that I like, mm-hmm. and I like her in them. Yep. I wouldn't say I'm a big Diane Keaton fan. Like, I, you know, I'm not like, ooh, she's one of my favorite actresses. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Same goes exact exact same goes for Goldie Hawn. I'm like mm. I, I I like her in some movies that I've seen. I like some movies that she's in, but I'm you know her her name her name on the poster doesn't increase my interest. Sure. And is it Bette Midler? Is that the yeah Bette? Yeah, yeah. And and even less so for her, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, th- I like she's in. What what is uh what was Hocus, the Hocus Pocus? Pocus. Yep. Um, and I'm like, uh, that was a movie that I wasn't cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs about. Sure. And I uh, just like w- like whatever I do, you know. Okay. Yeah. She's yeah. she's a face in the movie. I don't care. So then I I had to rewatch it on my own. Sure. There are other names in this movie that I do really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Victor Garber. Right. A Canadian Titanic connection there. Canadian, Canadian connection. Mm-hmm. Ontario too, isn't he? Ah, uh, you might be right. I'll like look it up. Our neck of the woods. And um, and the thing is, just a little side note. I honestly looked and I was like, oh, he's so young in this. But then I, it's only a year before Titanic. It's so only a year before like, Titanic. But yeah, I think like, they, you know, it's like his hairstyle and they sure. age a bit. Sure. Um, I enjoyed. I don't know if this is a hot take or if it's just a statement that I need to make. I begin enjoying this film, enjoying, not loving, enjoying, Yep. yep. begin being entertained by it, mm. right around the 40-minute mark. Oh, okay. And I think up until that point, it has a real pacing issue. Mm. Okay. The 40-minute mark is when we kind of introduce, or like, okay, now they're, now they have their plan. We know what they're going to do. We know what the point is. They're going to form the first wives club. They're going to do all this stuff. Mm. 
Prior to that, it is literally 40 minutes spent trying to really stress how pitiful the lives of these three women have become. Mm. And it's important for us to understand that. Of course. But not for 40 minutes. Sure. And and, and you could have gotten me to understand that as much, if not more, mm-hmm. in half the time. Right. Yep. And so... It's just a lot of unnecessary and redundant exposition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for 40 minutes. Fair and enough. then it becomes fun. And, and mm-hmm. then, like, the movie shifts entirely. Like, it, 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 the, the feel of it changes. Mm. Like, it starts to become funny, and it starts to become kind of like a heist film almost in a lot of ways. And it becomes right. all this like, you know, Thing, and, pulling things together and getting things to work out. And yeah. yeah. And that's more fun. Yeah. And, and it, it just doesn't get there fast enough. Mm-hmm. And, and then that's even right. then at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, that became entertaining. I don't ever need to watch this again. Right. And, yep. and sometimes we're like, sometimes we say, I don't ever need to watch it again, but I'm really glad that I, like, I'm glad that I saw it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I, like, I don't feel like I've accomplished anything by seeing it. I don't feel more <laughs> cultured or educated in film or, or, you know, I'm just like, eh, okay. There are some standout moments that I really enjoy. Sure. But they're few and far between and mm-hmm. they don't, they don't do enough heavy lifting for the rest of it for me. Mm. That's my first impression. Okay. I think I came in with the opposite setting to you. Um, and just as I referred to in Scream, like I, if it's a good 90s period piece, you know, I'm, I can be there for that. So I think I came in with the opposite. I think I am just with the cast list and just knowing what I, the little I knew about it and just set in the 90s and different things like that. I was really anticipating enjoying it. And Had you even, seen it? You hadn't seen it before. Never seen it. No. Okay. Did and, you know it existed prior to like to Andrew bringing it up? Was it like a film that was on your radar? I, it was only on the, only on his radar since he said the what you watch. So I, okay. I had never. I, but even that with that, I had never seen a trailer. So beyond just right. some who okay. was in it, I didn't really know much. You weren't like, oh, I can picture the poster. Or I can, you know. No, blah, blah, blah. no. I, it's, okay. it's not like one of those films that you grew up with, and you know, yeah, you remember it being in theaters or anything. Like I, I knew nothing the, about it. The movie that was always next to the VHS that you were renting. <laughs> Right. right like there's a there's a yes. there's there's oh, hundreds yes. there's hundreds yeah. of movie covers that i know because yeah. i've seen the movie cover a dozen times while looking for a movie to rent back in the day the most profound to me is i think it's chevy chase on like a roulette table with this like arms and legs spread open in a That's, suit, in a suit, yeah, and it's Vegas for Vegas, Vegas vacation. vacation. And yeah. for like, I don't know if it's maybe the VHS cover or like it was a poster that was in a predominant like spot in the video rental store. But I, for some reason, I like just have that vividly tattooed in my mind. For some mine reason, mine is because I think this is fun now. Mine right. is uh, Rob Schneider. Oh, okay, yeah, on the cover of. The 1999 film Deuce Bigelow Male, or Deuce, yeah, Deuce Bigelow Male, because it's just right. like a, it's just like a viewfinder, right? Like a door, like a peephole, 
Right. And then and then him there and he's got like a big like rose lapel thing. I, I right. find I ended up watching it years later and I was like, I uh, wasn't missing much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that for me that was that was the image that was always there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yep. yeah, there you go. Um so yeah, initial impressions. Even with that 90s nostalgia, I didn't love it nearly as much as I had hoped I would. Um, and, you know, again, because I literally just coincidentally listened to it the other day when Andrew said, you know, there's something comforting about watching certain 90s movies that can be like a warm blanket. I hear them loud and clear because there's 90s films for me that that hit 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 that description. This just didn't 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 do the same thing for me that I was hoping it would. And we'll get into, I've got a few reasons that I think maybe why it didn't do that. And we'll get into that. But just as, as far as my initial, initial impression goes, when we reviewed Twister and I broke your heart and I just didn't like it that much, I I went on this tangent of, you know, okay, if I'm wanting to watch a 1990s disaster film, I'm watching Titanic because Paxton's in it. Or if I'm watching a 1990s film about an estranged romantic relationship, I'm watching Castaway because Helen Hunt is in it. You know, I, these actors have other things that I would be more willing to rewatch for that time and period and place and whatever. As far as 90s nostalgia go, if I'm watching a Goldie Hawn film over again, I'm watching Overboard. If I'm wanting to see something with Sarah Jessica Parker or Beatty Midler in there, I'm probably going to watch Hocus Pocus. And this is the big home run for me. If I'm wanting to watch something that's by the same director, you Wilson, I'm watching Blast from the Past. And again, th- this isn't me. Those aren't critiques of this first wives club. That's just for me personally, because of who I am as human and what my interests and whatnot. Those are the films I'd be reaching for before watching first wives club again. So, um, yeah, yeah. Which, if I'm correct, you're a blast from the past fan as well, right? I am. Yeah, this yeah, it came movie. out three years later. And to me, I think it's just because it has some different tones and whatnot. Maybe that's why I liked it more. But when I was looking, like on Wikipedia, this film is, again, we're talking about First Wives Club. I know I was jumping around with other ones there. But First Wives Club um, was actually a surprise at the box office because it was pretty successful. It got $181 million worldwide despite mixed reviews so it's not it's not like it was totally well received or totally disliked reviews were mixed but it was still financially super successful and it sounds like it's developed quite the cult following to today obviously and the one thing I can, that i can see the occult following for it like for it, sure it, it feels oh, like that yeah. type of movie film yeah for me yeah it gives that vibe yeah and the one thing that I thought was interesting and it's obviously opinion. So whether it's true or not, but uh, the fact that it was the actresses, the main actresses highest grossing project of that decade. Some perceived that it actually helped revitalize their careers and kind of propel them into film and television accordingly, you know, kind of boosting it with some energy as so to speak. So uh, it sounds like there was some, cult you know as far as impact this movie had cult following obviously is one but it sounds like it had some impact on on the the act the main actors as well if i'm gonna watch a diane keaton film have you seen the 2003 movie with jack nicholson something's gotta give 
I'm not a big Dan Keaton fan, so I, you know, just for the record, I would never be going. Okay, let's scratch that itch, but I don't. I don't think I've actually seen it. I think I've seen part of it, and I think I just by name also confuse that film's title with the other Jack Nicholson film where he's like as in an good apartment. as it gets. Yeah, so I've se- I think yeah. I've seen as good as it gets. I don't think I've seen the film you're referring to. It's. It's good. So it's okay. it's basically Jack Nicholson is is sort of a he's a bit of an older playboy and he's dating this young I don't know I, it's two thousand three Jack Nicholson so I don't know he's in like his sixties or something <laughs> right and he's dating a twenty something mm. girl mm-hmm. and she takes her she takes him to her mom's beach house or whatever for a you know sexy little weekend away. <laughs> Right. And um, while they're there, her mom shows up unexpectedly, and it's Dang. Diane Keaton. And <laughs> and Diane Keaton despises Jack Nicholson because he's this like, what are you doing with my twenty year old daughter type exactly. of thing. Yeah. And while they're there, Jack Nicholson has a heart attack. Oh, and ends up, it's not funny, but dang. Well, it's funny the way they do it. Like it's a comedy. Sure. And yeah. he ends up. Um, like on bed rest in oh, this okay. summer home. The daughter's got to go back to work in the city. <sighs> and so Diane Keaton's kind of left there looking after mm. this guy. And then they kind of end up falling for each other a little bit. It's sure. Kind sure. of a fun, yeah. yeah. It's a fun movie. Sure. you would. I think you would like it. I think it's I, your type yeah. of thing. <laughs> Yeah. The number of Jack Nicholson movies you've made me watch and I've surprisingly gone that was up my alley is eerily funny. Like it's He's yeah. I made yeah. you watch what was the other about Schmidt? About Schmidt, which was Yeah. Yeah. It's um weird, but it's kind it's like Yeah. It's got a story to it. Yeah. It does. It really does. Um yeah, listen, there's things that I liked and disliked about this film. I think what the biggest question that I'd ask you or the biggest discussion point that I'd ask you is I watched this film and there were things that didn't hit for me. So that's its own thing. And that that's just films do that. They, they land for some people, they land for don't. And I, I don't think there's anything that this film did wrong. It just didn't land for me. But there's one thing that I wonder if it got a little bit in the way of for me, just because I kept kind of thinking about it, was how somber part of the plot point was about having this beloved friend of this sisterhood who was in such a poor state of you know how she perceived her life was going that she sadly decided the best thing to do was to kill herself and i just wonder like not that i this doesn't have a place in film at all i'm not i'm not going there i'm just wondering for like a light 90s comedy if that really worked against it for me as far as you know having such a serious event and then having a light-hearted kind of film like i Am I, is this just a me problem or am I on to something? Like where, where do you land with that? Well, well, like I said, there's definitely a part where it's like the entire feel of the movie changes, Hmm. right? Where it like becomes the comedy movie. Sure. And yeah, before that it's like, okay, 
four mm. women's lives are miserable. One of them kills themselves. Right. It makes the others just realize how much more miserable their life is. <laughs> right. For 40 minutes. And then it's right. like, yeah. And it, it seemed like there were other ways. Like that, that friend, that fourth friend mm-hmm. could have been the catalyst to this movement without killing herself. Like maybe like, if she has a heart attack. Yeah, whatever it is, right? Sure. Like she's in, you know, even if she was in like a coma or something, I don't sure. know. And then she, but she wrote these letters and I, yeah. I, I don't know. Sure. But it was like, it just didn't, yeah. Like at 15 minutes in, we're like, this is just, I like we reached the point where they're all like, mm. it's after the funeral and they're all sitting, having lunch together in this restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's just like 15 minutes in and it's like, I'm not having any fun. This is not, you know, and I didn't go into it specifically knowing it was, I didn't watch Mm -hmm. a trailer. I I knew nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, I don't, I don't know where this is going and I don't really care. And, and it's not like, I feel like the easy thing to say is like, okay, well, this is the movie Men podcast and it's a girl power movie. <laughs> right. Listen, if you know either of us, right. this being a female-led cast oh. and a, and a, what, is not a deterrent for us whatsoever. No. No. Neither of us are... Um, I would say you're actually probably into classic action films even like 1% more than I even am. Like, I just... <laughs> You know, I like, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is Titanic. Sure. And then Sound of Music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Mary Poppins. I'm not like Mm. a, I'm not like a, well, nothing explodes in this movie. Like, (laughs) that's, that's not at all what it is. No, Um, no, 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 no. I just, yeah, I don't find any of them. After 40 minutes Mm-mm. of being s- s- constantly reminded of how pitiful these women's lives are, right? I I still don't care. Mm. Like I don't I don't feel any. Like I feel I feel sorry for them, and I'm sure. I certainly side with them, and I certainly think that they've been wronged. Of course. And that, oh, that yeah, of course. they deserve much better than what they're getting. Yeah. But I don't feel invested in any of them. I don't have this kind of like, mm. you know, I don't feel invested in, in their journey. And, and I feel like that's what the suicide was supposed to do in a lot of ways. It was supposed to be like, mm. look, a lot's on the line. And I'm like... Uh, but I don't know this So person. what if they don't, yeah. if, if these three women don't, form the first wives club and and arguably go to jail themselves for extortion Mm -hmm. because that's what it comes down to right Right. like it's like there were so many there were so many things about this movie that was like okay yes this one the husband is like selling illegal goods and he's like in in a shady business (laughs) and and you could rat him out at any second Mm mm-hmm but you're now also guilty of extortion right. and kidnapping. Yeah. And like, I don't know. That was, 
I was like, okay, I don't, I don't get that. There were just a bunch of things that felt mm-hmm. out of place. I think the movie feels like a low budget movie that is trying to, there's nothing wrong with having a low budget movie. Mm-hmm. You can have a really great low budget movie. Films like The Holiday, which I'm not a big person fan of, but I, but I can objectively recognize that it's a, a well-made movie. I'm sure that movie doesn't have a very big budget, didn't need a big budget, and still tells a great story. The First Wives Club, I don't think, had a very big budget. It doesn't feel like a big budget movie, but it feels like they're trying to hide that and make it feel like it's a bigger movie than it is. Hmm. I don't know. There's just so many... The The movie's just so disjointed. And and the suicide is a part of that, I think. It is, feels hmm. out of place, sets a weird tone right off the bat, um, a tone that they completely abandon right. afterwards moving forward. If you're going to, at the end, if you're going to turn this place into, <laughs> into the woman's relief, care, sure. rehab, whatever the hell it is... Yep. And, and your motivation behind all this was your friend, you were inspired by your friend who killed themselves. Mm. And you can't even bother to name it after her or include her last name in the friggin' thing? Like, they named it after the three of themselves. I thought that her, I thought the friend's name was in it. I as don't, well. I thought it was just three names. I could be I wrong. Thought, I thought it was the friend's first and middle and last name. I thought that's what it was. Oh, maybe. I thought it was all three of their last names. I can't I can't say enough to say you're wrong. I just have a feeling you might I I have a feeling that maybe was the case. But regardless. <clears throat> what Yeah. I don't what know. What I what I will say is I I think you're onto something about the timing and the tempo of the first 40 minutes cuz I think my initial thought is it's not much of an escapism feeling when you have something that somber to just open the film up. That being said, there are goofy, silly movies that have done it well. Like the only one they could think of was Grown Ups, where someone doesn't kill themselves, but the reason they're a together is because a friend dies, right? So, I mean, it's not impossible to have those two things m- together in a, a comedy, but I without guess- a paddle. Have you seen Without oh, a Paddle? not in years. So I forgot that element of it, that there was a right? death. It starts and they're all showing up at, at Billy right. whatever's funeral. Funeral, right. And they're so, like, you know, hey, we got to, this is the, he mapped He mapped out the treasure hunt. This is the trip he wanted us to take together. Mm. Yeah, and then they do it. And it's like, it works. Hmm. They even make his funeral funny. <laughs> right. So I guess it's possible. And I guess it's all about timing, tempo, and and the tone that you're wanting to set, and maybe they just didn't really execute it in a way that we liked. I, aside from that tempo, I, I know it's the 1990s, so, and it's a comedy. Like the whole point is about first wives and how these ex-husbands were jerks and all that stuff. So, like, I get it that this isn't the type of film about women's, you know strong independent women so to speak and i'm the last person to comment on that as a as a man but i did find it a little straining that these females characters these female characters most of their progression or or at least the development that we got at least to start for like the first 40 minutes i'd argue it's all just about the wrongdoings of the men 
and yeah, that their I, lives are horrible. That their lives are horrible, and I guess I just find that kind of a a boring character. Just again, I think when when we kind of got past that into the rest of the film, when we the characters were a little bit light was revealed a bit more beyond that about these are who these people are and you know this this and that so it's beyond who they were as first wives or what was happening to them as first wives that i think they got a little bit more interesting but i, I guess just as a deterrent just how much time was spent on defining them by that or at least that's how i perceived it i, I didn't get as much enjoyment out of those characters as a result yeah um Something else that I I think is a part of what you're saying here, or, mm. or segues into it. Sure. It's a comedy. Sure. And it's a '90s film. Yeah. And I get that you know, it's a comedy. It's like it's not to be taken super seriously, and it's dated, and it's blah blah blah. There's part of me though that was like, what is the moral of this movie? Hmm. What is the takeaway? Right. That three women who were victims of assholes rise up through using the methods of spite and revenge and manipulation and extortion. And like, it. it's not it's not a good moral. Like it's, it's yeah, it's a happy ending for them and the men get their just desserts, but they don't go about it in a great way. And again, it's a movie and it's a comedy. And so look, it'd be one thing if it was like a children's film and I'm like questioning, (laughs) well, what are we teaching our kids? Right. But something about that in this film particularly rubbed me the wrong way. And hmm. I was just like, this feels like, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. Sure. Look, I would consider myself a feminist. Mm-hmm. Right? 100%. Yep. And I think that there's there seems to be nowadays two different versions of feminism out there there's the equal rights equal pay equal respect equal opportunity equal whatever let's correct the wrongdoings of the past let's let's do everything in our power to do better moving forward you know mm-hmm. whatever whatever what have you and 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 that's that's the camp that i would say that i'm in sure then there is another strain of feminism, which is like an extreme feminism, and it's like men are scum, um, and and instead, like, and we've spent hundreds of thousands of however long years with men being on the top of the totem pole and women being on the bottom of the totem pole, and mm. instead of instead of changing that structure so that everyone is an equal. It's, it's about like flipping that script and about, you know, shifting the scales completely in the other way. And I think that that's, that's like dangerous and toxic in the other direction. Right, right. 
and and that's just what this film stunk of to me in a lot of ways. For sure. Was this kind of like, you know, every man in this movie, except for the one that helps them like sneak into the apartment, every man in this movie is a villain. Hmm. Yep. And it's a girl power movie. And I like, I, you know, I get that, but there was like, I don't know. I, and I don't know, maybe I'm just like, maybe I need more time to think on it and more time to reflect and see it from a different perspective. That's entirely possible. I'm 100% open to that, that potential. I just, yeah, I don't know what it was. I was like, I was watching it and I was like, now they're the horrible ones Hmm. for what they're doing. Right. And, and, and they're kind of like, and I can't get behind this woman center because now there's like, now as they're dancing down the street at the end of the film, I'm like, yeah, but you're crooks. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're, 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 you you've become what you hated in a lot of mm. ways and yeah and and it just everything felt fake in that sense like when bet mid they're at the the gala or whatever it is and, and bet midler's husband who she's extorting they like dance together and it sort of insinuates that like he's had this character progression and they're going to work things out no he just wants you to stop extorting him He's dancing with you and buttering you up because you're taking hundreds of thousands of dollars from him every week and he would really like you to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. There's been no, this guy's not in love with you. (laughs) Right. With what you're doing to him. Mm. And nor should he be. And nor should you be in love with him because of what he's done to you. I don't know. I just... It's disjointed. It feels phony. It it feels like the wrong message in a lot of ways. Again, that's maybe a weak argument. Um, I I think I I don't think I had the same problem that you had. And the way you're laying out your argument, I guess I I can totally see that angle. I think I was just more of the line of like, okay, what the walkway is is these three individuals took a pulse of their life, said let's determine what we value and that's our relationships with people who are positive to us or that we reciprocate our feelings to each other and aren't abusing us and that that was the the strong takeaway and i i I get that's more of like an ends justifying the means takeaway for sure because you're right like some of the stuff they do isn't like hey great job like you're definitely on the up and up but I, i guess i'd I kind of skim over that and maybe that's what the audience is supposed to do. And I'm sure it is. Cause it, like I said, it's a comedy film, right? Oh, you're, for sure. You're supposed to, for you sure. know, just, uh, it's funny and it is, it's funny what they're doing and how they do sure. it and the men's reactions to it. And, and you know, that's all, that's all hilarious. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was just, it was a sticking point. Yep. Oh, and that's fair. I, I hear you. I hear you. I will say, and this is really all I have left. I have left to say. There were moments that I liked. You know, there were elements where Beatty, I think it's Beatty Midler. Some emotional times, I really like. She kind of like tapped into my heart because you could see her character was still kind of in love with her ex husband, and you know, like whether it be something her friend would say or something her son would say about the father, you know, doing something and moving on. And you could just see her like just in her face that she was just kind of, 
taken a step down by kind of just being sad. And, you know, like there were times where the acting really got to me. So like moments with her, Sarah Jessica Parker was hilarious. And Goldie Hawn, I like there were there were a couple times I laughed out loud with her, especially when she was in the 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 I think it was the lesbian bar and she they're like where where is she and she's like off dancing with all these strangers and I I just got a hoot out of it so as much as I say I didn't like this film or I didn't like it as much as I thought it would and I had some problems with it there were moments like you're saying it's a comedy that still I was like okay funny overall not my favorite film but it still had moments that were effective I when Bette Midler's oh, oh and actually the last thing the the auction scene as well. I had a hoot of just everything going back and forth, and is it Maggie Smith being involved there too? That was great. Yeah, I love Maggie Smith in this. Maggie Smith and everything is, <laughs> Truly. is excellent. Yeah. Um, I and and I yeah. You know what? Bette Midler being the actress that I was least interested in this film, mm-hmm. I was genuinely excited for her character. When her character was excited, she was like, "I I I fit into this." wardrobe Mm. and i haven't and she was just like she was just Mm. so glowing with her own excitement and her own self accomplishment yeah and i resonated and i was like oh that's so awesome yeah my favorite moment in this film if it has any redeeming qualities is the the, both moments of you don't own me and and their sort of performance of that Again, just because it's a song that I love, it wasn't something I was expecting to hear. And the yeah. three of them, assuming that it was actually them singing it, the three of them sounded great singing I'm it. I'm not, I haven't looked that up. I'm not convinced it's them, but if it is, yeah, fair enough. Because it definitely wasn't Leslie Gore, right? There were there were three mm. voices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know if it was actually genuinely them. But uh, The one thing I also want to mention, you triggered my memory with Beatty Midler. That one interaction with Sarah Jessica Parker, where she says something like, I don't remember what it was, but essentially like, you're fat or you're large, when they're initially meeting and they're at the dress store, and Sarah Jessica Parker walks away, and like, just the look that Beatty Midler had on her face, my heart melted. Like, I... Yeah. I... Broke. I was not quite tearing up, but the... Close to it. Like, I literally started, like, melting. I was like, oh this woman and just how she conveyed her emotion of just not even being angry, just being hurt about not only what was said, but just the implications of like, that's why he's not with you anymore. And he's with her and all the things that it meant. And Mm -hmm. yeah. So I concur. Um, do you have anything else to say? I do. Please. Scale of one to 10, sir. Oh, okay. I do have two more things to say. Oh, okay, you've I, got okay. Well, fine. fine. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I looked it up, but I didn't actually say. So Victor Garber, yes, London, Ontario, and University of Toronto alumni. So very close to to uh, our homes, so to speak. Yeah. And it looks like that. I'm not going to get a chance to talk about English patient on this show. It, that was a vote that I put forward, and it got the least amount of votes. Like it, very, 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 very little. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I have to say, I'm disappointed. Not that I'm ready to defend it and say it's incredible, but what I will say is, I remember watching it five to seven years ago, thinking it was really good. And I've always been curious to rewatch it again and see if it holds up. And just for context, 
1996, it had 12 Oscar nominations. So I'm just, I am curious and it. We won't get a chance to delve into it on this show, not formally as an episode, which is fine. Uh, but I think at some point I do want to crack that open and check it out because it has my homeboy. It has Voldemort himself, Ralph Fiennes. So again, I'm just curious. Yeah. The film has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. And that seems consistent sort of with how I feel about it. You first know. Wives or English Patient? First Wives. First Wives. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and one seems... there's there's one critic here that sums up basically exactly what I think, which sure. is although the movie presents itself as a hear me roar feminist statement, its view of humanity, both male and female, is so sour and artificial that the woman characters come across almost as badly as the men do. Hmm. And I'm like, yeah. Interesting. That's, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly what, I was what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Scale of one to 10, sir. I gave this a five out of 10, right down the middle. I didn't hate it. Not at all. I didn't love it. So. It was watchable for me, but right down the middle out of five out of ten. As far as the effort, I would want it to be on a streaming service. So if I if I had to pay thirty dollars to watch it on Disney Plus, I would have gone. That was a little bit too much for my enjoyment level. But if it was on Netflix or something, that would be the that would be my recommendation. What do you give it out of ten? This doesn't happen often, but I also gave it a five out of ten. Oh um, really? We wow! Look at us. And I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Um, I will probably never elect to watch it again. Um, If I'm at someone's house and they're putting a movie on, I I don't, and and this is what they want to watch. I don't know that I would like audibly object. (laughs) Or walk out. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, screw you. I'm going home. Um, (laughs) But I also wouldn't be like, yeah. Like, right. You know, I just, it, there were a couple of fun redeeming moments that pulled it up out of the three or four out of 10 range, mm-hmm. um, but not enough to propel it past a five. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. All That's right, fair. sir. A little bit of movie news. <laughs> hmm. And I just closed my movie news list. Hang on. Oh, no. Literally no just clicked close. Mm. Okay. So. Some Star Wars news. Okay. Some Netflix news. Hmm. Some Marvel news. Okay. Uh, okay. So, 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 starting with some Star Wars news. Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Who is going to be uh, co-starring in the Obi-Wan series. It's so close. As Darth Vader. Yep has gone on record saying that in the Obi-Wan series, Mm. Darth Vader is in his full prime. (laughs) And that just excites me something fiercely. After what we saw, after we saw the, the, the just pure annihilation of the rebel soldiers at the end of Rogue One. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, that hallway scene. (laughs) That's pretty. I am ready to see Vader go ape shit let loose yeah on some people in this film does that excite you oh is the sky blue i mean not right (laughs) it's not right now but most days it is that's fair uh dune 2 Mm. 
So, a film that neither of us are super excited for, but we're going to watch and review. I'm. I think I'm. I'm a little bit more excited than you are. Yeah, but not super excited. I. Yeah, probably not that much. Uh, like not super excited. Yeah. They have cast the role or announced who is playing the emperor in Dune Two. Okay. And it's Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh, so I, I, I love I, it. I, I don't know oh, if that's the, something to be excited about. The, if it's the, that's going to hurt. Week the week of coincidences continue. I already talked about the two to begin with. This is news to me. I, I had not heard this before. But friend of the show, Marshall, who adored Dune, hates Christopher Walken. So that is... A, you can't script this stuff. This is interesting. Dare I say that's excellent news. And we'll play into our <laughs> review of Dune 2, which I assume we'll have Marshall I think we have to for. at this point, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Also, Star Wars. We have a new Star Wars film coming. Oh. Now, uh, a while back, it was announced that Patty Jenkins, the director of both Wonder Woman films... Mm. was going to direct Rogue Squadron. Oh, okay. Now she, we haven't heard anything about that movie in a while. It sounds like it's still happening, but it's going to get bumped back a little bit. Mm. It was originally going to come out December of next year, 2023. But a film that we are getting, hmm. that Kevin Feige is producing, hmm. Sounds like it is now coming out before that Rogue Squadron movie and might, we don't know, but might take that December 2023 slot. Hmm. And we know nothing about it (laughs) except for it's being directed by Taika Waititi. Holy man. Sign me up. Of course. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Hmm. Like the humor that he's going to inject and the storytelling right. and the, ah, oh, yeah. it's just going to be, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, two more things. Yeah. Two more things. Sure. Um, Marvel has just signed a 20 year deal. <laughs> okay. Giving them access to the rights for the voice name likeness of the late great Stan Lee. Oh, wow. Whether it be merchandising stuff, they can sell t-shirts, lunchboxes, thermoses, whatever, with Stan Lee's face on it. Um, It also opens the potential, and I don't know if they will or if they should or how I feel about it, if they wanted to use deep fakes or CGI or whatever to reinstate the Stan Lee cameos. Hmm in Marvel movies moving forward. What are your thoughts on that? Who I don't... Hmm. I, I've not given it a whole lot of thought because we've had this happen before in film, like even I'm thinking to the Star Wars films with... Uh, well, I think it was Rogue One where we had uh, Tarkin. Is it... Was it Rogue One? Yeah, Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, hmm. I honestly don't know how I feel about that. And, you, and Carrie Fisher as Leia. Yes. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I think the obvious answer is Stan Lee. We, we love him. And it'd be kind of a great honor and a great kind of, 
it'd just be fun and honoring to have him back. But I, I'm not sure if I wonder if it's just more honorable to just say we respect him and and we we had him for these magical moments and the, and that's it. I, I'm pr- I'm. I'm pretty close to 50-50. I'm maybe like 51% don't bring him back and 49% bring him back. But I I, uh, I can see both ways, I guess. What, yeah. How do you feel about it? I think I, I'm iffy about it and I don't think I'll know how I feel about it until they do it and I see it mm. and then can go, okay, this is how that makes me feel. That's true. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Top Gun Maverick. Oh. <laughs> Very just about, around the corner. I heard about the there was a trailer of for it in front of the Doctor Strange two film, and I there am was. just so I'm a little bummed that I obviously didn't see Doctor Strange two, but I'm also bummed I didn't see that trailer. The and the trailer for Avatar two played. Oh, which okay, listen, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I've. <sighs> Well, actually, I think you've said this, but Avatar 2 is like kind of our next big thing after episode 200. Avatar 2 is on the radar. It's, and I it's think, the big thing that we're working towards after, um, what, I, I guess after what? Like we were working towards, oh, the Batman. Yeah. The Batman was kind of like, you know, our podcast up until yeah. this point. Yeah. had been kind of building towards that was that we talked about it and Robert Pattinson in the very first episode and we we're blah 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 mm-hmm. and so now we're like yeah what is what is the show like what are we riffing on what are we like talking about what are we what are we building towards and we think it's Avatar mm-hmm. 2 I think so it makes sense for so many reasons but not to supersede that I think the thing following Avatar 2 would be back to the future just because to review is, them yeah to review them. I think that is because that's one of the first things we ever did before the, even the podcast existed was watching those films. So I, I showed you those films. Yeah. You literally showed me those films. You mm-hmm. acted them out to me. Like you put on Improved like an old your life. jacket from the 80s and went around in a skateboard in your living room and acted it all out. And it's like, whoa, this is heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, yeah. Anyways, so Top Sorry. Gun Maverick. Yeah. We now have the critics have seen it. Okay. Okay. And we have our tomato meter critic score. Ooh. Hmm. Top Top Gun Maverick is currently sitting at 96%. Oh, man. And many critics who I Ooh. who I respect and and value the opinion and trust the opinion of greatly. Sure. Are all saying that it is in every way superior to the original and listen i want to go i want to shout it till i so everyone can hear it top gun is not about jet airplanes it's just like castaway is not about an island you know or those things exactly those things are well actually it's funny you mentioned volleyball because they play significant roles in both films that that is what top gun is about a shirtless volleyball (laughs) And bloody handprints on volleyballs. Yeah. Sorry. No, my point is, these movies have those things. They have islands. They have jet fighters in them. But that's not what they're about. They're about the characters and the stories that these characters go through. So, uh, anyway, my point is, I am jazzed for this film. 
And those who are like, oh, I'm not into jet fighters or corny 80s things, neither am I. I'm not an action guy movie or a movie guy, a guy who's into action movies, I should say. But these films, I am just, I'm excited. I am excited too. And you know what? I'm going to see it in IMAX. That's a full 180 because a few weeks ago, and greatly so, like I get your skepticism, when the news came out about how there was more IMAX footage of this one single film than all of the Lord of the Rings trilogy combined. Like that is bonkers. Yeah. And you were like, come on, like what's going on here? Here's the thing though. My understanding is that with the exception of one scene, all of the like cabin foot, like cockpit footage and, and jet footage and whatever they're all, it's all practical effects. It's all mm. actually done. It's all. <laughs> so see this film, see it on the biggest screen that you can see it on <laughs> because you know what, as far as the production goes, as far as what you're going to see in this film, mm-hmm. there has never been a film like this before. Wow. And because of the amount of work and the cost and what there never will be again. Sure. This is going to be a once in a lifetime thing as mm-hmm. far as yep. cinema goes. So yep. I I am excited for it. Sure. Uh finally, Netflix. Netflix has been hurting. In the last month, um yeah. there was a huge subscriber drop. Netflix's stock has tanked Hmm. and in the last month maybe month and a half netflix has lost in excess of 50 billion dollars that's insane it's a lot of money um and so something that netflix is doing um so like a year and a half ago, we talked about Netflix had dropped like $450 million to buy the rights to Knives Out with mm. the intention of making a Knives Out 2 and a Knives Out 3. Sure. Well, Netflix is changing the game. They're <laughs> changing their game. It looks like starting with Knives Out 2, it will be a Netflix Studios produced movie, like a Netflix original. Hmm. With a major theatrical release. Okay. Followed by a 45-day window where it's not in the theaters and it's not on Netflix and then it's on Netflix. So now hmm. Netflix is going, yeah, we're going to have our own streaming service where we put our own content. But hmm. we're also going to make some big movies just like other studios, just like Sony and Disney hmm. and Warner Brothers and Paramount. Right. And and we're going to, you're going to go to the theater and see them. Hmm. Game and changing. I love this idea. I think Game it will changing. work. It's going so. to, it's an experiment that's going to work. And Knives yeah. Out, the first Knives Out was so ex- excellent. Mm-hmm. I want to see Knives Out 2 in the theater. That's, to me, that's, yeah. I, I, I Any movie that I can go see on a bigger screen. Sure. In, in the, on this, you know, and, and view the way that, that they intended me to see it. Mm. I'm all for that. No, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. What'd you watch this week, sir? Ooh, I've got a few things piled up so, just because... So, so do I. It's been and, a while. And, and it's surprising because I... I <laughs> did... Like, I <laughs> talked about what tank. I watched last week. <laughs> so this is all... Tank. Yeah. This is like... I've got like five or six movies to talk about. Hannah. Wow. Yeah. 
All right. But go ahead. Well, I watched the 1994 classic uh, crime film Pulp Fiction. I've watched it before, and I've watched it again. Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, it's... In some ways, it's so good. Like, it's literally such a dialogue-heavy movie, and Tarantino just has this, at me personally and other people as well, just grasped in on all these conversations that end up being just trivial things, but they're just done in such an interesting way. It It's dropped... I used to have this in my top 10. It's no longer... Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10. The highs are incredibly high. I love some things to death out of this film. The lows are incredibly low for me. There's there's a certain act I'd probably just remove from the film completely, and some things that I just don't really like anymore. But it's just the parts that I like are just so good. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I watched a film from 2016 that I had seen before, but re-watching it, I was really compelled by it. It has Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland... And a couple other notable faces, but it's The Lost City of Z. And I gave it an 8 out of 10, but man, like it's a strong, strong, strong 8. I love it. It's a period piece uh, about an explorer in the early 20th century uh, exploring the Amazon. And it's done just visually so well that it's just pleasing to watch. And honestly, it has some parallels to the great gatsby which is one of my favorite films just about what about what achieving greatness costs an individual and at what point do you cut your losses and say this isn't worth it it's draining me too much physically emotionally relationship wise so just as a period piece as a character study i was really pleased by it and again Robert Pattinson isn't the main character, but he is unrecognizable in this film, and it's just another feather in his hat of just the different things he's able to do as an actor and how far Give he's come. Give this man an Oscar. Honestly, honestly. Um, I rewatched some some comfort films from my childhood. I rewatched Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones from 1981. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Listen, I, this wasn't my favorite of the trilogy growing up but it is now i've i've really come to appreciate just how dynamic steven spielberg was bringing this film onto the landscape there's things that he does that are incredible just as far as iconic scenes i think he really captured lightning in a bottle with this film just so many iconic things that we look at or i look at as a fan and go yeah this makes sense but just that he had the guts to do it and honestly i kept thinking about our James Bond series when I watched this film and at its core there's like one kind of story scene where the characters basically explain what the whole film's going to be about so in like five minutes you get this simple plot where you go okay I know what every single character going forward is going to want to do and why they want to do it and like you know it's simple it's not it's not boring it's just simple it's with all our James Bond films there were times in those earlier ones in the 60s, like, you just didn't know what was going on. You didn't know why they were doing things. Things were happening, and you go, okay, I guess this makes sense. There were times that you and I had to Wikipedia why someone, someone was doing something. So, I guess just, I think it's incredible that Steven Spielberg wanted to make a James Bond-esque film, and in some ways, he did it better. Um, then I watched The Last Crusade. 1989 we've reviewed it on this show 
I listened to my score back then. I I, I didn't. Li- I, it's fallen a little bit for me. I, I gave it a seven out of ten. I think just some of the humor in that film has kind of dropped off the off for for me a little bit. So it's not as it's not as valued and cherished and treasured as I used to think it it was for me. But uh, man, Raiders of the Lost Ark, so good. Um, man, I watched 2019's 1917 again. Another film. I think I just reviewed because I literally did it by myself. Um, Sam Mendes, you know, the whole one continuous shot period piece. I gave it a seven out of 10. It's a little plot thin as far as like character development and rich characters. But obviously a lot of the reason people watch this is just the visuals of having a World War One film brought to screen. And that that's there's not a lot of content in the in the film world of that and just the visuals of just this continuous i'm part of the action i'm first person kind of with these two with these other characters so i gave it a seven seven out of ten on merit and enjoyment alone i watched 2002's catch me if you can again you're noticing a pattern i'm watching all these old films that i want to just see if they've held up or not catch me if you can gets an eight out of ten so it's dropped I gave it somewhere higher, I think around a 9 or close to a 10 before, and it was in my top 10. It's no longer in my top 10, so it's dropped. I still love Tom Hanks, still love DiCaprio, still love Spielberg. I think it's a great film. I still treasure it, but it's dropped a bit to an 8 out of 10. Um, John Williams is incredible. Man, I just, the soundtrack from that song, from that film is just incredible. The last thing I watched... (laughs) You will never guess in a hundred years what it was. It's a film from 2001, and it's part of a series. I watched the original The Fast and the Furious. Wow. I've been trying to get you to... I've been saying that's a series we need to do. And I'm not ruling it out. Maybe someday we'll get there. I. It's better than you thought. It's better than you thought. I gave it a three out of ten. It's as bad as you thought it was. But it's, I can't say this strongly enough. It's the strongest three I've ever given something because I still enjoyed watching it and I was still captivated by it. Mostly because I was just curious about what all the hype was about Vin Diesel and, you know, just the stigma or like not stigma, but like the everything that surrounds this series. I was like, okay, I just want to see what's going on here. And there were things like, hey, it's, you can, easily tell this film is from 2001 like some filming aspects haven't aged well like blurred fast motion stuff i was like wow get me out of here but it was still interesting and it was i maybe i was just in a weird headspace my wife and i we just wanted something that we didn't have to think about and could watch and we were just feeling it and as weird as it sounds it was like the best three out of ten i've ever seen because i still don't regret watching it and it was kind of fun in a way but not because we were praising it's uh, praising it as a film by any means right okay cool that's what i watched what did you watch this week oh dear okay so i watched the lost city not of z sorry uh just the lost city which is the new channing tatum sandra bullock right uh it was okay it's a comedy, am I right? It's a comedy. Yeah. It's funny at times. It falls in the same kind of category of like just a mindless whatever. Just throw it on. Just watch it. 
You don't mm-hmm. have to think. Yeah. Um, yep. Which is what we were looking for, and it, it, yeah, you know. It, Makes sense. It did the job. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I went back and watched the film Rush Hour with Jackie Chan oh, and Chris Tucker. Interesting. Followed that by watching Rush Hour 2 and Rush Hour 3. You have to. Uh, hadn't seen the third one before. Oh, really? It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's not yeah. as good as the first two. First two of are course. great. Yeah. Um, I think that I think I like the second one better than the first one. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Blasphemy. Those are fi- um, those are films uh, from my childhood. I feel like the first one I grew up with. Sure. And so I'm always I've always been curious if they hold up. So I would be curious to rewatch them. I think I grew up with both of them, but we owned the second one. So I oh, the second okay. one saw more mileage for me, and so there's probably a, a nostalgia factor. <laughs> saw more mileage, that's right? Good. Yeah. Um, what else did I watch? I watched The Northman. You did. How yeah. was it? Uh, you know, it's. I think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not my type of movie. Sure. Um, and so I didn't really enjoy it a lot. Sure. But I think it's a good movie, if yep. that makes sense. I, uh, completely. I, I can tell that it's well made, well yep. acted, has a good story. It's yep. just, eh, it's not my type of thing. Yeah. That's, um, I've, I've heard, I had a friend or two who've seen it, and that's kind of what I've been hearing too. Like they, yeah. they you know, it wasn't as great as they maybe thought it would be, or it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, I watched uh, Angel Has Fallen, which is the third in the Gerard Butler um, Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen, Right. Angel Has Fallen. It's good. It's really good. I would say it's better than the second one and maybe better than the first. Huh. Um, they kind of took it in a, a whole different direction. Okay. Um, Aaron Eckert isn't in this one. Um, at this point, Vice President... Um, Morgan Freeman has become the president <laughs> um, and Nick Nolte is in it. So it's just, it's, it's good. It's hmm. yeah. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Finally, and this is going to excite you. I watched a movie because of you. Interesting. I watched I was a movie thinking... that you won't shut up about. Huh? I was thinking before you spilled the beans on what it was, I was thinking about how Nightcrawler um, like how that like that's the last thing. Like I think that was like my home run of like I made you watch a film, you liked it, and I was everyone was involved was happy. Right. I watched Pig. You did. Yeah. I watched Pig. Okay. Okay. What and? I think Nicolas Cage is really good in it. Yeah, he is. It's not what I was expecting it would be based on So what were like, you I didn't ex- watch the I didn't watch the trailer. I like yeah. saw a couple screenshots. It was just yes. him and his pig. And <laughs> I was expecting kind of something that felt kind of like castaway or whatever. Like just, you know, I thought he was gonna be right. in the woods the whole time with this pig. Right. Yeah. Talking to a pig. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like yeah, kinda like a castaway yeah. Swiss yeah. army man yeah. kind of thing. And it's definitely not that. No. I don't know if I liked it. I mean, 
my criticisms about it would be that a I don't I spend a lot of the film not understanding how like we're following a lot of leads and I don't fully understand mm. how those leads make sense or where they're coming from. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Right? Like oh, now we need to go talk to this guy. And but I'm why? like, why? why? Yeah. Yeah, who, yeah. Yeah. And then it, it's not like, oh, that all comes. Like, once we realize who Nick Cage's character is, it's not mm-hmm. like all of that suddenly comes into focus. It, I'm mm. still left going, I don't understand why. Yeah. And then just what an unsatisfying ending. Oh. Hmm. Like, and I won't. Sp- well, no, no, I will spoil no. it. Well, well, you shouldn't, because okay. we, we are the movie men and we should not I, do such things. I put. Well, <sighs> I think we should have a rule on this show, and sure. spoiling this film would violate that rule, so I'm not going to do it. But I, I was I was thinking I'd talk to you about this. Mm. We need to come up with like a timeline. Like at the time of recording, it's been 12 months, mm. and so you've all had a chance type of thing. Maybe. Right? Like we can, because I'm going to spoil films from 2005. I, if you haven't seen it, that's... Sure. You've sure. had every opportunity. <laughs> right. um, but maybe people haven't seen Pig yet, so I won't spoil Pig. Yeah. But yeah. I will tell you, I watched it, I watched this film because I was feeling down and I needed something to kind oh. of like distract myself and, and yeah, not necessarily cheer me up, but I was just no. like looking for a mental health distraction. Escapism. Yeah. And this was not that. No. I came out of it and I was like, yeah, no. Oh. So then I immediately watched The Northman because I was like, I need something oh. else. I can't just go to bed now. <laughs> and then The Northman didn't really hit it for me, although it was I, mo- it was I, a little more sure. Escape is like, you know, sure. it didn't make me feel worse than I did going yeah. into it, which Pig kind of did. Yeah. So I was like, uh, you know, so I don't know if I think it's a good movie, but I, I think Nick Cage is good in it. Yes. And you know what? In this whole debate we have about is Nick Cage good or not, I'm still not convinced, but I will say he was good in Pig. I I remember he's good vivid- in Pig. He's good in yeah. in National Treasure. Of course, there's good things he's in, but I, I'd say Pig is a next level as far as just different. As far as yeah, I what haven't it seen even Las Vegas do. yet. I am curious about and that. that's his Oscar Oscar bait. Yeah. So I I will say I gave Pig six out of ten, and. Uh, what I'll say is it was more nuanced than I expected. And the best way I could describe it without spoilers is it's like Taken, but instead of the protagonist going on a bloody rampage and just taking names and kicking butt, it's about different individuals who kind of come together, who've all experienced trauma and how that influences human beings and not necessarily how they resolve it because that's just not how life is, but just kind of the complexity of humans. And again, I think it's just more nuanced than I was expecting and uh, not perfect by any means, but still a strong six. And I can see that believe, listen, I, I think you can agree with me here that montage of Nicolas Cage making like cuisine, delicious like high-end food with like 30 seconds or a minute of just like him doing that in the kitchen i didn't realize i needed that but there was just something fun about that if nick cage became in real life if he became the head chef of a fancy restaurant somewhere right. in the states i yeah. would i would get on a plane and go <laughs> oh, today eat there. today yeah. 
yeah exactly so that's what i watched very cool i am yeah. proud of you my friend very proud wrap it up for us sir thank you so much for listening thank you uh for voting uh we do appreciate it leave us a like and a comment wherever you can we love hearing from you uh check out our patreon page merchandise page help us keep the bills paid and help us keep you perked up um with perks and um not with like coffee or stimulants or anything i don't know why i'm elaborating on that but uh thank you um and again help, thank you help to our- us help you with your cocaine addiction <laughs> i think jerry Maguire was also one of those films that just didn't win at all this year when we were doing yeah. this year of voting and like help what me to I, help you help what me was to I help just you looking at oh i was just looking at do you know and maybe you brought this up and yeah. and i had blacked it out because it was so tom cruise terrible for me did you know yeah that he turned down or wanted too much money (laughs) he wanted too much money i think or something um and that's why tom cruise didn't play jack in titanic and it went to leo instead (laughs) that would have ruined that movie could you imagine ruined that movie could you imagine oh so bad oh i just can't even also up for the role was uh sean connery (laughs) i would i would watch a sean connery titanic james earl jones no no of course not gosh no although sean connery could have played captain smith we had this discussion i forget what episode but probably our titanic episode no it was like I think it was like with Carl, with like Sean Connery floating off in a lifeboat full of women, akin uh, yeah. to his okay. James Bond days. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sorry, I hit that iceberg. <laughs> I guess I'd had one too many martinis. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, and thank you to our patrons for giving us uh, suggestions for vote options. And uh, we'll be back next week with another vote. And uh, I tell you what it is, but we haven't done the tally yet. So you will find out soon. Yeah. And by you, I mean both Brady and the audience. Yeah. And closing words, my closing words. If you're going to build a ship, even if you think it's unsinkable. <laughs> You have to put enough lifeboats on it or it's just bloody stupid. <laughs>